welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, a podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and why would you look at the time? It's Tag O'Clock. Today's guest is Tag the Otter, a funny little rascal VTuber that works in AAA game development. Tag is a great friend of mine that I was more than happy to bring on the podcast to talk about the pixel art they've been able to make, the game development process that they so love and are glad to be a part of, and some of the more interesting content that he has been a part of. In fact, this comes as amazing timing, because if you're listening to this the day it premieres, or even the day after it premieres, June 3rd, Tag will be celebrating one year of VTubing and streaming with a wonderful little subathon that I think you all should absolutely be a part of. Links will be in the description below for Tag's Twitch, so you can be able to join in on the fun and have a wonderful time. Make sure you also support him with all the other links that are provided down below as well. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Five stars, please, where you can. I see that stuff. I absolutely love it, and gives me so much joy to see that. And hey, if you want to go a little extra mile with that love and support, maybe you should consider supporting the podcast at the Patreon patreon.com slash p-m-a-p there you can see early releases of the episodes incredible behind the scenes content and stuff that was cut for time maybe even get an opportunity to ask a guest a question if this sounds fun for you and something you would like to have for as little as five bucks a month consider going to the patreon today patreon.com slash p-m-a-p but now without further ado please enjoy the postmodern art podcast do you have any questions before we really get started? Uh, no, no. Uh, I get we're not recording now. I guess it's the only one I have, right? Actually, actually, I was. And that's what I was gonna ask if it's okay if I include part of this as part of the podcast. I'm not like you know gonna be yo. Oh. Yeah, I, I said like I I always try to at least make sure I ask the guests before. And if you're not comfortable with it, then we could just like whenever the the podcast starts, it just jumps right in with the icebreaker question. Oh, okay. I, I was like, I was, I was like, oh, I, I don't know if there was gonna be like an action or anything like that. I was the, the, like, okay, there will, there will be as well as I like to include just like the little banter just to make you know people oh, feel okay, comfortable. I get it. Like, I'm not gonna include okay. every little bit of this. There is gonna be some editing to this, but like I said, if you're not comfortable with it, I could just cut it right in with the icebreaker question whenever we get to it. Ah, uh, so what you're saying is right now this conversation, the things I'm saying right now, will not be included. As in the letter words I'm saying right now are not included right now. <laughs> if you're not cool with it, they could be included. <laughs> <laughs> and also these words, and also these words, and also these words. <laughs> and those words, and those words, and that word over there, the words that are on the ceiling. Um... <laughs> hey, did you notice it says gullible on the ceiling? I don't know if I'm, am I looking up? I you, you are, you are looking up. <laughs> so I think that's a sign of you're okay with me including this. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. All right, Tag, before we really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast. Let's say you get an opportunity to go to a desert island on your own accord. It is just you alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe a little bit, get to enjoy yourself a little bit. To help make sure you don't go completely insane, though, you can bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you. Something to help you unwind a little bit more. What is that one piece you bring with you? Oh, I should have prepared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I think that, like, okay, this is also assuming that I have everything set up for it. It would have to be video games, obviously. obviously. <laughs> um, I think that what I would probably like the most is... Wind Waker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
It would get boring after a few hours, but you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? It's been like eight years on this island. I'm going to go play Wind Waker again. <laughs> <laughs> you get to stay there as long as you want. You don't have to stay eight years on the island, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, is there a particular reason why you think Wind Waker? Is it one of those, like, one of those video games that has, like, a, a near and dear place to your heart or something like that, or...? I mean, Legend of Zelda has always been like a big uh, series for me, and I've, I've always loved playing Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Uh, like o- Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, I put a lot of hours into those as a kid. But Wind Waker was kind of like the first point where I realized that games can be explorative and also super fun, and you have a big open world. Granted, most of it is just ocean, but it was it was like... I felt free just sailing around, looking at all the islands going, and discovering uh, secrets and stuff like that. I mean, Breath of the Wild is like t- is what Wind Waker did for me, but like took it to a completely different level with just freedom to explore and not being set on a specific path. Right. But Wind Waker was like the start of that, and I, I like Wind Waker a lot. <laughs> That's fair. Honestly, like, knowing, like you said, kind of the the freedom that Wind Waker kind of gave, especially when people were first introduced to it, like, I can imagine, especially for, like, when, especially for, like, a younger mind or whatnot, like, how, like, mind-blowing it was, the fact that you were allowed such, you know, incredible freedom in such an interesting space. Yeah, and, like, I, I just, I really enjoyed, uh, like, coming across an island, not having what I, the tools that I need to explore it, and then coming back later with the tools and going, oh, oh, oh I can do the thing now. <laughs> that is or, like, solving the ghost ship thing. That was always cool when I finally figured that out. Oh, yeah. No, that was that <laughs> that was a thing of legend more than anything else. Whenever you can fig- get that figured out. <laughs> yeah. But, nevertheless, Wind Waker, that is your answer. You're locking that in. Yes. Alright then, if that's the case, I cannot think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome everyone, I am your host Nathan Ragland. Uh, feel free to subscribe or follow whatever streaming platform you prefer. You can support the podcast on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash p-m-a-p, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostmodArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest! <clears throat> By day, he works in game development. By night, he is a VTuber that streams a variety of amazing content. But no matter what time, he is an otter. Welcome to the podcast, Tag the Otter! <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have written a better one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I wrote that, and then I tested it with, uh, what was it, Patch and Roshan last night just to make sure it was good. And they agreed, so there you go. <laughs> I appreciate it. How are you doing today? Doing, doing good, doing great. Tired. I was up editing, uh, as you were aware. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, we're gonna definitely gonna be talking about some of the content you like to get your hand in, such because it's incredible what you've been able to do. But before we really divulge into the stuff you're making now, I want to go back just a little bit, and I want to know more or less the origin stories of Tag. Somewhat, what got you interested in art and video games in the first place? So. You know that I work in game dev, as you said. Right. Um, what? So, I, I actually, it's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I've always, I've always really, really loved video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ever since I was a kid. Uh, you know, having a little corner at the in the house that had a little TV and a little Nintendo sixty four where I just played all the games that I had <laughs> until I, you know, burnt out the cartridges. Right. But there, uh, originally, I, I was not slated to join or to get into game dev. Uh, originally, when I when I was old enough, when I graduated from high school, 
my original thought process was I want to get the chemistry. Oh, okay. Uh, I want to be a chemist. I wanted to be in the lab. I wanted to be synthesizing chemicals. And so I originally went to university to be uh, to be a biochemist. Interesting. Uh, that went on for three years. Uh, there were some things that happened, and I ended up dropping out. Fair. Uh, depression, and like that, I was at that point where I was like, I was ignoring a lot of uh, heavy stuff and just not paying attention to my emotions. Right. And that was like the tw- That was the year that uh, I was like, oh, I have clinical depression, and then I dropped out. <laughs> Um, and then I ended up taking a year off and I was just working and just trying to, you know, gather the broken pieces of myself to put them back together. And then I went, uh, back to school and I went to school for computer programming analyst, uh, computer programming analyst. Okay. And while I was in the project, uh, the course coordinator was talking about someone that did the same project, the same, uh, course that I did. Mm -hmm. And he took his resume to BlizzCon. And uh, got an interview with them, and then two months later, uh, got a job with Blizzard. And he was responsible for updating all of the, the uh, water physics and graphics with the switch to Cataclysm. And I remember hearing that story, and I went, "I'm gonna work in game dev." <laughs> and I, and you know, and I, I wish it was, and you know, it's easier said than done, right? Right. Right. Um, but I, I did my three years of uh, computer programming analyst, so I have a programming background. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a there's a medieval event that I go to once a year that I was in 2015, and I met someone there that worked at the current company I work at, and that was my in. And so when I got out of school, uh, or the last year of school, I was applying every year to that company, and. I got out of school. Three months later, I got a job. Nice. That is a major, major freaking one-up opportunity for you right there. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's – it's I. this is not where I planned to – this is not where I expected to be at all. I never expected to get in game dev, right. uh, let alone even content creation. This – I think <laughs> that content creation – came more out of left field than game dev did that is that i can only imagine and i definitely will talk a little bit more about that in a second but i want to go back just a little Mm. bit would you say kind of the the introduction to the friend that uh got the job through blizzard was that kind of more or less the moment where you realized went went from just like a general love for like art and video games in general to a passion then wanting to make it your career like do you remember like a specific moment to where it just kind of clicked like oh this is where i want to be this is what i want to do for the rest of my life yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I, I I knew that I wanted to get into it when I heard that story, like, day one of the program, mm-hmm. but then we got into working with Unity and Unreal Engine, and, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I, I have the ability to program, I, I mean, it's been five, six years now since I've actually done any programming, just because, you know, my job has changed, Right. but, like, I remember sitting in Unreal Engine and Unity and just messing around with it and going, oh my god, this is fun, I like doing this, <laughs> and... It was always at this point as well that I've always enjoyed telling stories right. and uh, presenting story for people to engage with and interact with and, and you know, be within this sandbox. And game dev was kind of the – was the route that I, I saw and wanted to do. And I don't know if it was a lack of just knowing if there was any other uh, – if there were any other paths I wanted to take or more if it was just like an interest in – but game dev is where I wanted to go specifically. I mean, it 
it's certainly a good mentality and a, a good thing to achieve more than anything else. Seeing how you are in, like I said before, you're in game dev right now. I think you've more or less like somewhat achieved the dream, or at least on the path to the ultimate dream, whatever that may be. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's still incredible the fact that, like, it, like I said, considering your story up to that point, it's incredible that you've been able to get to like this point right now. Like, I, nothing but applause for you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's I, I, it, it was not easy. Granted, okay, I, I will say this. Uh, a lot of people also ask me this too: is like, how do you get into game dev? Like, what's what's the best path? And honestly, it's it is as it is as much luck as it is uh, having the skill. Because when it comes to game dev, a lot of uh, a lot of companies care more that you'll vibe well with them than it is that you have the skill, because they can teach you that skill. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think what you said right there is not just with video games, but I think anything with the entertainment industry, it's like, it's incredible to know all this stuff, but it's also kind of the luck of who you know and what you're able to apply to certain projects and stuff. Yeah. And I I wish it wasn't to be quite honest, because there's a lot of creative people that just don't have that opportunity. And one of the things that I've uh, tried to do, you know, in game dev and where I work up like, Hey, like I want to be an open door for people. Mm-hmm. and help them get in as much as possible because i mean i barriers of entry piss me off yeah. <laughs> that's fair that's very I, fair i want i want to be a i want to be something that is uh a reason why they don't exist <laughs> and <laughs> it's a little it's a little optimistic i know but i mean it's still a good mentality to have more than anything else especially with like especially with how much video games have grown within like the past 2010, hell even five or two years alone with how they've kind of grown and how they developed or whatnot. Like we need more, more people are kind of needed for video games, especially if it's expected to maintain kind of the, the, the momentum it's kind of developed, you know, in its lifetime or whatnot. And if there's a lot of gatekeeping and a lot of the same people doing the same stuff, it's just not going to end well. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that, so I I work in AAA specifically, Mm -hmm. And there are two main, I, I think I would probably put two main reasons why a game will be terrible. And the, fir- the, the first reason is uh, being uh, loyal to investors mm-hmm. because they don't see the game as a piece of art. They just see it as a way to make money. Yep. And the second big thing that causes a game to fail is large egos. When you have people that have been in the industry and they are the quote unquote big names that are like, oh, I'm I'm a titan in the industry. You have to listen to me. It's like, no, you are someone that worked on, <laughs> you worked on a game that got big like ten years ago. Calm down, <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's and it's it's people that really get into their heads. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong, there are people, there are there are the quote there are the um the the titans of industry that I look up to, right? Uh, Yoko Taro specifically, uh, for his t- style of storytelling, mm-hmm. uh. Hideo Kojima was a really big and like a really big like oh I want to be like him but now I realize he's kind of, he's kind of an asshole and you know <laughs> when when in, in t- when you have a team of like a hundred people working on a game and in, at the very beginning you have directed and created by Hideo Kojima like fuck off like it's not just you you're not you're not the messiah of video games you are a person who told other people how to make the game right <laughs> right i i mean I, I was gonna say like those are definitely major factors i would also say like a third factor for the what you were talking about would probably be like somewhat unrealistic expectations because i think it's a combination of the investors and the the big names or whatnot but it's like they're expected this kind of thing in this amount of time and that kind of just forces everyone into the ever so forbidden word of crunch 
Uh, yeah, we actually have a word. For, we also have a word for that too. It's called scope creep. Scope uh, creep. Yeah, and and the gist of that is you have a game, you have the ideas that you have in mind, mm-hmm. and as you're going through with it, you get more excited. You go, oh, what if we add this? What if we add that? What if we add? What if we add more stuff into? It? And then you just keep adding to the scope of your game. And so not only does the project take longer, it also just you know, you, you, you have more mandates, you have more, you have to spend more money on it. And at the end of that, that's the reason why you have crunch. One of the, like, we have project managers specifically for that to make sure it's like, hey, we got to stay on target. We can't add too many features. And uh, we want to, I mean, we want to avoid crunch as much as possible. Right. Um, you know, because I, crunch culture, I mean, crunch, crunch will happen. Right. Crunch is fine. Crunch culture is the issue. Which is mm-hmm. I I, I want to like make sure that that's the definition that's put in there, right? Because I mean you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be putting a lot of time in, especially when release gets close. Um, but how it is presented and how it's what is expected of you in that crunch is what matters. Right. Uh, Noodle actually did a really I don't know if you okay. do you know who Noodle I, is? I was literally just about to bring up that video because yeah, I didn't. Yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the reason why I said crunch is not bad. Crunch culture is the right. problem. And it's because uh, of Noodle's uh, interview with game devs. Yes. I was going to say, like the way, for those that ha- haven't seen the video, one, I'll have it linked in the description below to make sure you guys see it because it's an incredible video. But also, yeah, yeah. like, the way that he describes it is perfect. It's one of those, like, there's the crunch, or I, I think it was it was either him or the, the person that was behind, like, the Halo thing or whatnot. But either way, there's the good kind of crunch where it's like a person gets, like, in the zone and then they're just doing their own thing and then they realize, oh, I've been here for, like, 11 hours. Oops. Like there's that kind of yep. crunch, and if the person is willing and okay and willing to take the time afterwards to like decompress after that, like that's good crunch. Bad crunch is whenever you're forcing people to basically live at your studio. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I, I will say this: uh, my studio is really, really good at uh, not crunching. Good. Uh, so they've they've been pretty good about that. I mean, uh, they're also pretty good at taking care of us too so i'm, I'm very glad that I'm, I'm working at a company that doesn't have bad crunch culture right right i mean that's it's incredible to hear like the stories that are out there it's just sad at least for me it's sad to hear that like it's something that it, it's gonna take something drastic before something like that really kind of goes away sadly i mean hopefully steps are being made toward it to where it's not the reality but who knows how far we are from that kind of thing but i mean I, hopefully the employees are I need to tread lightly because I don't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> hopefully, no, no, no. Say it, say it. If you say it, I'll correct you if, it, if it's wrong. I was going to say, hopefully the employees are willing to understand their limits and willing to do what it takes to make sure that their interest is as good as the game's interest or the studio's interest. Yes. Um, I mean, with that being said, of course, there will always be the issue with the company not lining up with their employees. Right. And, I mean, we, we've seen that with Blizzard for sure. I mean, and and the worst part about that is, is Blizzard's been like that since two thousand four. They yeah. have always been that bad, and it only got worse with Activision uh, buying them out. <laughs> with that being said, uh, with Ravenloft unionizing, mm-hmm. I I I feel, I hope, I beg that this is a uh, this is a sign of the coming times that game dev is going to start unionizing. I, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. But nevertheless, like you know, like with you know. 
nevertheless hopefully like whether or not there's a unionization or whatnot hopefully you're still hoping to be a part of it one way or another and i think it's incredible more or less the fact that you've like really divulged yourself especially when it comes to like game design so the fact that you had i assume was a major love for video games kind of more or less growing up i mean we kind of established that with both the icebreaker and the intro more or less but for you personally like what is it about video games that just captures like your love and imagination it's a deep, deep question. Um, I think that there, I mean, there's always a level of escapism. Um, you know, uh, I think that's the big one for me is escapism because I, I've spent hours just, you know, trundling around in Banjo-Kazooie just because I liked <laughs> the design of the worlds and I wanted to explore things. And all the time that I've spent, you know, in Breath of the Wild just exploring and getting good shots and stuff like that. And and all the time that I spend in uh, World of Warcraft, just because it's fun, it's a fun, good world to be in. That's kind of the, uh, the big thing for me. But as, as I have, like that was, that was the, that was the basis. That was the, that was where everything started. Right. And now, now that I have gotten into game dev and I've sort of started, started to find my place in it. For me, it's a medium for storytelling. Um, I, I mean, I want, my, my goal one day would hopefully to be open up my own, own studio. Right. Um, because I think that indie is, uh, a, has a little bit better of a reputation than, uh, than AAA. I mean, it also, you get, you get egos in, in indie as well, but I digress. Um, I say, let's just, you know, remember Fez. Yeah. Like that's all we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I, I just, I, I, I want to tell story. I want to tell interactive story. That's kind of the thing that it's evolved. It, it went from escapism to just wanting to tell stories. Right, right. It, would you say, like, the storytelling aspect is more or less your favorite part of a video game, just the way that it is able to interpret whatever story it is and be interactive with the person to where they're as involved with the story as possible? I think it's equal parts mechanic as well. I right. Because there's, there's a... Um, I don't remember where I heard this, but someone somewhere told me that the way... When Nintendo is creating their games, mm-hmm. they come up with a fun mechanic and then they create the story around that. And I like that a lot. I, if I were to, you know, be a lead on my own game, that's probably how I would handle it. So I'm like, okay, we need a fun mechanic and then we're going to make a story around it. That's honestly smart. I mean, especially seeing like, especially seeing like, like just Mario alone, looking at that one alone, especially with like the most, re- like just look at any Mario game, seeing kind of, I'm not going to say the gimmick, but kind of the mechanic that they want to like, enforce their game around and then creating an incredible story around that mechanic like honestly that Mm. point that you talk about really illustrated first and foremost right there especially like the obviously the most recent one i can think of is uh odyssey with the Mm. the hat mechanic which was it was brilliant how they were able to implement and then the story they told alongside it like just worked perfectly for it yeah i mean mario was not known for its storytelling right right (laughs) (laughs) but 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 uh but there is a story there Mm -hmm. right and I mean, it's it's it it falls in tandem with the mechanics, and it 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 facilitates the mechanics really really well, um, which is which I really really like. And I mean, the other I mean, Nintendo and the Mario team have also just like they they have what they know works, and they just stick with it. Yeah. And they they they, I I think I would say that they don't innovate, but I mean, Mario Odyssey shows that they they do. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of these. Uh, games that have been around like these fran- sorry franchises that have been around for so long they're starting to learn oh we got to change things up a little bit more 
Right. Wait, I, so that's why you have like Odyssey, you have like Pokemon Arceus mm -hmm. and things like that. It's it's really nice to see. Uh and it's 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 breaking some it's breaking some molds and I like to see that. Yeah, it's refreshing more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um do you remember like the the first video game for you that more or less like really I guess would more or less be like a cultural awakening for you to like how incredible video games can be? Probably the first video video game I ever played, which was Donkey Kong Country. Okay. Okay, that's yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was that I I my my mom came home with the Super Nintendo and came home with uh, I mean I want to say this because there's there's actually probably two games. Okay. There's one game that was like the the what a good game can be, and then there's another game that was what a bad game can be. <laughs> um, so like the first one was uh, was Donkey Kong Country, and mm -hmm. I mean that was like a two and a half D game, and it was like really really good. It was like one of the it was I mean it's it's good. Like anyone that's played, it's like yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. And then everyone else that I've talked to knows the other game, which is the Lion King for Super Nintendo. <laughs> the, the look on your face tells me you know exactly what this game is oh i know exactly what the game is that is an example of bad game that is a bad game and like okay i, I have a story i'm gonna tangent for here go for uh, it so uh that game specifically uh <laughs> when i was a kid i had that game for the super nintendo and i, I lived in a small town at the time mm -hmm. uh and my mom went and rented a video game from like the local blockbuster I liked that game more than Lion King, and so by the and so when it was time to take that rented game back, I put Lion King in there instead. Mm -hmm. I think my mom came up with like Mega Man X or something, and Mega Man X is is also just one of my favorite games of all time. Fair. <laughs> so my mom go takes the rental box and goes to bring it back, and she stops, and she has that like mother intuition of my son did not put the game back, and she opens it up, and lo and behold, Lion King is inside. <laughs> <laughs> Now, okay, I'm going to tell you, um, okay, this is this is going to go places. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, this is a small town. It's still not great, but I'm laughing about it now. <laughs> so at the time, my mom was dating a cop oh, okay. of, of a small town. And she looks at me and she goes, she goes, Tag, did you did you put the wrong game in here? And I went, well, I, mean, I like the other game better. I don't like that one. They can take that one. I want this one. And she's like, Tag. That's stealing. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I won't. <laughs> and then my mom takes me into the car. This was on the weekends. So like she puts me in the car, takes me downtown to like the small police office where they just have like a drunk tank. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, she walks in, goes, my son stole. And they go, all right, he's going to jail. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to jail. <laughs> and they just like, they take me, they, they made sure that there was no one back there. It was literally just me back there. Right. And, so, like, and then, they they put me in the drunk tank for like twenty minutes and I'm like in the, and they close the gate and I'm like no I won't steal again I won't steal again don't do that <laughs> it's it's pretty messed up <laughs> yeah yeah let let let's install some childhood drama uh, trauma into this kid <laughs> and you know what the funny thing is too is my mom is gonna be watching this interview <laughs> well I mean so you, guess what, you, mom? I was the you, whole world knows. Uh, <laughs> I would say, to be fair, you did say you laugh about it now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I also can't. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. It's kind but, of it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> it is, but I mean, nevertheless, going to the 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 beginning of the story, it's incredible to know like how young, especially how young you probably were, how instantly you know what a good game was from a bad game already. I remember like for me growing up, one of the games I would always constantly play, and I don't know why I constantly 
played it. Probably because it was like one of the few games that like my family would have because we had an Xbox. I would constantly play the Madagascar the video game that came out on Xbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, yep. don't get me wrong, it's not exactly the greatest thing of all time, but for me it was easy. <laughs> You know, I, I think that, like, especially, like, the, the Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64 era of video games, we were still trying to figure out what makes a good game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't think we really figured out what makes games fun until, may, like, pr- like, I think that, like, some people started to get, get the idea around Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, but we really figured it out, and, and you know, we had classes on this now, probably around like Xbox area, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just an idiot. Who knows? There's probably like an exact date, but I'm not, that's why I'm not giving it an exact date. <laughs> True. I was gonna say, to be fair, like, it's not like the only thing I played was the Madagascar game. I still had like the halos and like the classics and stuff like that. I am yeah. not, I am not an uncultured child. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and like there was, and, and the other part too, is that there are games that people are like, this game fucking sucks. I'm like, no, this game is awesome. Yeah. Like there was, um, like one game that comes up into mind and I've been trying to find this so I can play it on stream. It's the final fantasy mystic quest. Oh. It was the final fantasy one that was made for the, the Western, the Western, uh, like us in the West. Mm-hmm. And I really want to play it because I'm, I just have, I remember having good memories of it, but granted, I know that the moment I play it, I'm going to go, Oh, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, it's incredible what rose colored glasses will do to visuals. Um, Mm. (laughs) um, do you have a, like, this is probably going to be one of the hardest questions that you've had to answer all day. Do you press hard? (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you. That means I've gotten to you to think. Um, anyways, uh, what was I going to say? So what, like it, it could be like a top three or something like that. But whenever I say favorite video games, I know it's hard because of the wide plethora of video games that are out there. Do you at least like have a couple that come to mind when I say, what is your favorite video game? I have a list of my top 10 from the, from the last decade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, cause I, I like to think of like, I mean, I didn't really start doing this until like, you know, for 2010 to 2020. Mm-hmm. Cause I, you know, that, cause I started a game. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna start thinking about video games in like, in a, uh, in a light of why I like them. Right. And I, I have, I know you said like top three, but I'm sorry. I can't do three. I have 10. They're in no specific order. Go for it. <laughs> I, I, okay. I'm not holding so, you back. Okay. <laughs> so this, so there, there's a couple caveats here is that these are games that came out. And I, I think that they personally, I think that they, changed the scene mm-hmm. as as uh as what it means to be a game what makes a game fun um and in addition these are like these are also games that i also found personally good okay for other reasons other than oh yeah it's a good game so like okay so again this is this is no like discernible order it's just a list of 10 Go for uh, it. so the first one is breath of the wild that's fair the reason which the reason it's on there is because that one changed what an open world game is and we are seeing the fruits of that labor in other games now. Like we saw it in Phoenix Immortals Rising. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see it in Elden Ring. We like because that game was like, go have fun, and we were like, we will, and we're gonna make other games that are just like this. Yeah. I mean, to <laughs> right? be fair, like, I, I'll say to be fair, and you can correct me if I'm wrong with this. It's not like good game development takes a good couple of years. Like the certain fact that like that mm. game came out in 2016, like it's easy to see kind of the fruits of that labor finally bearing fruit. You know. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of people don't understand that games take, like, three, four, five years to develop. Uh, if done properly, first... I've heard I've heard games being yep. developed in, like, less than a year or two, and the, those are the ones that you hear Matt McMuscles talking about on what happened, so. 
Yep. Uh, what's that? What's that quote? Is that a a uh, a a pushed back game that's good? Oh God! I know what you're oh. talking about. It's like um, I, 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 like super butchered or whatnot, but it's like a a good game. Basically, a good game will take its time. A bad game gets shoved out to the world, essentially. Yeah, pretty like pretty much. I I I I wish I knew that that quote off by heart, but but I I think that your viewers hopefully will know what I'm talking about. Yes, hopefully. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next game on my list is Undertale. Fair. That is also very because, fair. Because I mean, that one's also per- that one there is personal because that game fundamentally changed who I am as a person. Uh, specifically because of the mercy mechanic. Yeah. And understanding and and I mean just the ending of that. I mean, it, it's also one of the few games that uh made me cry at the end. So that's also why it's the, on here. The storytelling of that one is an art form on its own. Okay. <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, it's not it's not technologically advanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was done by one dude. Yes. Right. Like that's but, you know, you know, a, a game being done by one dude, uh, you know, is very few and far between. And I guarantee that there are more failures than there are successes. Um, but yeah, that's that game has been has it's been a cultural shock, too. And it's I mean, so much so that Matt Pat gave it to the Pope, <laughs> which. <laughs> uh, OK. Okay, look, it's, it's like it's Matt Pat. What'd you expect? I mean, yeah, I <laughs> okay. I, like Matt Pat, listen, Matt Pat, listen, Matt Pat. If you're, I know that you're watching this. <laughs> I've got a love hate relationship with you, bro. Yeah. You've got some good ideas, but also, bro, what the Let, fuck? <laughs> I, I will say this when it comes to Matt Pat. I admire his hustle and the time and dedication he has put to his content. Like that is something to admire on its own because the success that he has got. Yeah, the YouTube <laughs> grind set. That's what it is. Yes, it's one of those like I appreciate the effort. But at the same time, like, (laughs) listen, listen, not it's 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 that other concept of like, um, you know, sometimes a chair is just a chair. Yep. (laughs) Like the reason why something is in a video game is literally just to save time. (laughs) Like. It's like, oh god, what was there's that painting of the restaurant and they're like, why did you not add a door? Because like, oh god, oh fuck, oh god, I forgot to add. Not goddamn it, not again. I forgot to add a fucking door. Like, you know the painting I'm talking about. Right? I know which one you're talking about. What is what is the name of that painting? I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it's like it's yeah, but 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 it's like that diner scene, right? It's like the the diner yes. on the corner. I know what you're talking about. I've seen it a million times over. I just don't know the name of it off the top of my head. Yeah, but <laughs> the diner of the corner, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Next game. Uh, again, this is also one that was that culture changed things. I don't, for better or for worse, at this point, I don't know, uh, because you know uh, uh, the uh, accessibility in games is something I also think about a lot. But right. the the game the the game is Dark Souls. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Dark Souls one specifically, because I mean, I could say Dark Souls two, Dark Souls three, for the specific reasons that you know those games. Uh, added innovation into game dev, but Dark Souls was the start of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we we've spawned a whole genre of Souls-like games. And like, I don't. I mean, I, I personally don't like that descriptor of like. I don't like the descriptor of Souls-like or Metroidvania because that, it's like it's oh it's like this game. It's like no, please 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 make the game stand on its own legs. Right. It's one of those like people, like people hear that name and they instantly think, Oh, so it's exactly like this, but somehow different, which is like, yeah. And then they're like, no, it's it's not exactly. And then they're like, it's not exactly like this other game that you called it. Like, and now I'm upset and I don't like it anymore. It's like, bro, this game is like different. Like give it a chance. (laughs) Right. Just because it's not dark souls. Doesn't mean like Jedi fallen order is a quote unquote souls. Like, and it's amazing. It's got great story. I love that game. Absolutely. Uh, the next li- game on this list is Fallout 4. That's fair. That is very fair. 
Yep. Uh, I mean, people go, why? Like, why not Fallout 3 or why not uh, any of the other, like, Oblivion games? Like, well, okay, Fallout 4 was the start of, like, uh, a... It's hard to explain because, like, Fallout 4 did something much different than Oblivion and uh and fallout 3 and they get like they it was it was again more player freedom of like oh you can build anywhere right i mean granted there were like specific spots that you could build mm-hmm. um but I, I also really liked the story of fallout 4 a lot yeah and the way that they told that story was so much more different than how they told it in, in other games it's, it's hard to explain because like people i it's i, I was I gonna say i was like i don't think against what I was gonna say, like, I, I can understand where you come from, kind of like, you know, yes, like, there's you're not dissing, like, Fallout 3 or Oblivion by having Fallout 4 on there. It's one of those, like, it took yep. what those games did, fine-tuned it, and reinforced it, and then adds something a little different to where it was its own unique experience on its own that you appreciate. Yes, I think that I would also, I think, honestly, I think that Skyrim could also uh, take this place as well. Right. Because it took, it, 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 it took the super nicheness of oblivion and morrowind and made it accessible to everyone yeah right? <laughs> made, it made it accessible to everyone especially if you have let's see switch playstation xbox pc <laughs> amazon amazon todd alexa howard, amazon alexa um <laughs> todd howard could milk a stone like <laughs> and continue to get milk from that stone are you kidding me <laughs> It just okay, okay, works, gotta, okay? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, he's going to keep doing it until you, if you keep buying it. There you go. All right, uh, the next game on my list, Hyperlight Drifter. Okay, okay. This one is interesting. Not, I mean, the game itself is good and also shows that a 2D, like a 2.5D game can be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the story behind it is also inspiring. The guy that created it and created the, the company Heart Machine has a heart defect. Oh. And uh, he was like... I'm going to create something that outlasts me because I'm pretty sure I'm going to die. And I mean, he's still around. He's still kicking. And good, they're making, an, they're, they're making Hyperlate Drifter 2. Nice. Um, they're also working on another game, uh, which Zoe Quinn is working on as well, which I'm very excited about. Okay. Um, and like, I just, it's, it, the story behind it, I, I'll see if I can find like the, uh, the heart machine interview they did with Vice because that, I, I watched that and I went, oh my God, I like this game a lot. And this is the reason why behind it was, the reason was made. Oh my God! Video games can be made other than as as pieces of art. That was the that was the moment I realized like video games can be made as pieces of art, right? I mean, I don't think I don't think he had anything in mind for like uh like monetary like a monetary reason behind it. He's like, I just want to make something that's going to outlast me because right. I'm going to die soon. He's but he's he hasn't died yet, thankfully. But um, I was gonna say, but it, it's a mm. it's an interesting thing that I, I'm glad you mentioned like you know video games can be an art with that one because I think for him like you said it wasn't like he was making it to make money or anything like that he had yep. a love and passion for this stuff that he wanted to push out to the world and basically like bear his heart and soul out to the world of something that he felt yep. near and dear about and people came around and loved and appreciated it for what it is that for me is the baseline for what art is that is why yes. I consider video yes, games yes. easily an art form yes yes totally agree and I think that, and I, I think that that was also probably, uh, if you look behind me and also look at me, it's probably the inspiration behind pixel art. <laughs> yes, and I'll, I'll definitely talk more about that. But if you want to continue your video games, yeah. let's go. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll, I'll bang through the rest of these here. Uh, I'll, I think because you know, I don't know, I don't know how you are on time. Oh, I don't. Uh, but I can take as long as you want. I don't care. <laughs> I will make okay, it work. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, the next game on my list is No Man's Sky. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. The reason being that a game can recover right absolutely because like uh, no man's sky was super hyped up and when it released everyone was mad 
because it did not deliver, right? Right. But if you look at uh, the Steam page for it now and all of the changes that have been made to it, uh, it it has turned around significantly. In fact, it was the first game I ever streamed. Really? Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why No Man's Sky is on there. And it's also just a pretty game. And it, it, is. it has a really good idea. It's literally a universe. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, next game. Uh, I don't. I, I think that I'm just going to say the name and move on because I think it speaks for itself. Minecraft. Fair. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. yep. Say no right. more. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's. Yeah, we, we know. We know enough about it, Minecraft. It's a, it's a good foundation uh, and pillar for video games. That's all we need to say. <laughs> yep. And also, it's been given us to by our Lord and Savior, Hatsune Miku. <laughs> <laughs> the next game on this list, uh, which, you know, I, I literally just, like, dunked on Hideo Kojima, but Death Stranding. Okay. 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 Death Stranding was a game that I recently played and played to completion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, I love death stranding and I like it because it did something different and unique. People be like, Oh, I mean, it's, it's just a walking simulator. Yeah. So, so what it, I liked it. It was fun. It did something interesting. The story was, I mean, there are, there are, there, it, it, it's bad for the reasons that Hideo Kojima's stories are bad, like, uh, you know, Phantom Pain and Quiet going, no, she has to be wearing skimpy clothes because that's how she breathes. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. Like, whatever. You, you could have done better, but okay. Like, it's story. Make it up. But, like, I mean, that, <laughs> and that's the reason why it failed. But at the same time, like, Death Stranding has some very unique characters. Mm-hmm. It has a very unique gameplay system and it takes some stuff that they do in metal gear. And was like, what if we make a game mechanic around this? It was experimental. It was fun. And also it, it, it's another one of those games that made me cry at the end. And it just, it was really good. And I mean, my takeaway from that story was as well as that it's a story about fatherhood. Right. And it was, it was just a really good story. I, I, Stuck with it. I'm very excited about the the new. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta get some water. Uh, hang on. <laughs> One second. Let me get the hydrate routine going. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was like choking on my own spit. Um. But yeah, like I'm very excited for the new update to the director's cut of uh, Death Stranding, and I really want to play it. I don't know if I'm ever. I don't. I'm not going to stream it, but it's just it's one of those games that's personal to me, right? Right. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, next on this list is Near Automata. Okay. Okay. I've heard a lot of good, amazing things about it. <laughs> yep. I mean, Yoko. Ta- I mean, this is this is also when I, when I found out about Yoko Taro, I was like, oh, I like you a lot because <laughs> Yoko Taro is like unabashedly like, yeah. The reason why Two uh, B looks like that is because I just like girls. Girls yeah. are pretty. Unapologetic. <laughs> and like, he's unapologetic. He doesn't beat around the bush, and he doesn't try to like hide it in this vague like actually this is the reason why it has to be like he's like no i just like cute girls <laughs> and don't like there's there's nothing wrong with that either right. you know uh, i like it's not it's 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 also just a very very good story the game itself is like three different games in one yeah they also took this one zone that they had and made it work for more content uh like they were talking about like we had a huge like, they were talking about like we have a huge scope for this game but we we had to cut a lot of it, and so we only had the one big map that we could work with, and we made you. That's why we made you play it five times. <laughs> Literally that's smart, five though. times, and 
Yeah, and it's it's really smart. And I've always been a huge advocate for reusing assets in video games. Right. So when someone says, "Well, why does this, why does this thing look like that?" It's because it's because the 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 dev didn't want to die. Like, shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, also, and and this was like this was my introduction to Yoko Taro, and Yoko Taro is fantastic, and uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, and I also really, really enjoy the Near series, and just the story that it told. Uh, it made me feel miserable at the end, which is also fantastic. <laughs> Fair. The final game on my list uh, is Celeste. Okay. Ooh. All right. There we go. For for like three billion reasons. <laughs> um, I mean, Celeste is a game. It's it is a great accessibility game. Mm -hmm. As as hard as it is, it's also an accessibility game, uh, because anyone can play it and still have fun with it, right. and you can still make the challenge of it, uh, however you want. Because there's this, you can get all the strawberries, you can get all the tapes. Um, the story itself is also absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm a like when I when I first played it, uh, I, I I was on medical leave. Uh, from work for about a year and I just picked up Celeste because I didn't have anything else to play and I was like I'm too depressed to play anything else and I played Celeste and for me at the time this was also before the, the dev you know said what the game is actually about mm -hmm. it was a game about battling depression and that game helped me get through that um, and the other reason I also really really like this game is because trans representation Yes. Uh, I am a huge advocate for trans rights. Uh, most of my friends are trans. <laughs> uh, you I was, was going to say, like, the biggest one that I can think of that you and me share is obviously grandpa. I mean. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I have people in my life uh, personally as well that are also trans. Uh, mm -hmm. And trans rights has been a big thing for me. And there was, there was a turning point for me as well uh, mm -hmm. with a friend that I have known for 20, 20 plus years. Right. Uh, she, I, I like, I've known her since high school. She has been, uh, very important in my life. We would joke that we were each other's wives before <laughs> she came out. And, and that was, that was a joke that her parents did. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, and, and this was also like, this was when I was a piece, I was a piece of shit in high school and I'm glad I'm not, I'm glad that where I am now and, and why I advocate for, you know, rights of any of marginalized individuals as much as possible mm -hmm. is, and there was this moment where, you know, my, 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 my best friend of 20 years comes to me and says, uh, I'm trans. And I had, and I, I knew at that moment, I was like, I'm, 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 it's not a question of, you know, whether I need to accept it or not. It's that I'm going to accept it and I need to change. And, and that was like a big moment for me. And, and Celeste is when I found out that Celeste is also about, uh, the trans experience. And I went, Oh, Oh, I, I related to this in a way that I had this conversation with, with, uh, with Monty Moel is like okay. finding a relationship. Like <sighs> this is going to be really hard to explain because it, right. it is a, it is a, it is a trans story. Mm -hmm. And what we realized is that, you know, you know, relating to a trans story, even though I'm not trans myself is still a good thing. It's a very you know? good like, thing. Yeah, and I and we need more of that of people going the, like despite the fact this is a trans story, I you know you find a relation to it that you know speaks to you, and I think that for other people that you know maybe don't have the um, 
uh, you know, the, 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 the mindset of, Hey, we should like have rights for minorities, you know, having a story that you can relate to is like, Oh, they're just like us. Like we, we had this conversation. It went a lot more in depth and I, I, I'm, I'm very cautious about how this sounds when I'm trying to like sum it up. Right. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I, I think that I'm, I've, I've made my point that I'm a huge, uh, trans ad, uh, trans rights advocate and mm-hmm. knowing that I related to the story, even like after realizing, Oh, it was a trans story. Like, I think that it cemented to me like, Oh, this is, there's a there are reasons beyond the fact that it's a depression story for me that it also um resonates with me and resonates with the people that I care about in my life. Exactly. Exactly. That is that is wonderfully worded if I do say so myself. I think you've gotten the yeah. point across very well. Um and never like especially with, you know, games like that and stories like that being able to tell that kind of story like it's always incredible how they're able to relate that. And I I for the next question I'm wondering like for you like do you think working in game development, working alongside some of these incredible, like some incredible games as well, do you think that gives you a greater understanding for video games as a whole and like the stories they're trying to tell? Absolutely. It also gives me uh, insight into the actual development itself. Okay, like um, I have a question for you. When yeah. it, when you think of a game dev, mm-hmm. what do you think that what 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 do you think that that person is? Like just like just the singular the ad- game the developer. Ad- the average game dev, what do you the, think they're like? I, I think it's one of those, like, well, for, like, me, I, I like to think a little bit more behind the scenes than probably some people. So, like, first off, whenever I think game developer, I I know it's not just a singular game developer. It's a team of people, at least yep. for me. But it's one of those, like, they are trying to do as best as they can to work with many different aspects of it to make sure that a product is delivered the best way possible. I, I was more talking about like their personality. That's why I was oh, trying. That's why I was pointed individually. Like, what do you think their per- like the individual person is like? <sighs> okay, wait. Let, let me let me word it to you this way. How much of that? How much of their life do you think is taken up by video games? Oh, I, I imagine like a like if it's not the entirety of their life, at least a good like seventy five percent of it. Because in fact, that for I imagine I imagine for a lot of people like they grow up loving video games and they want to be able to tell a story in that singular way. So it's one of those like hopefully they would have a similar love to video games so that they know that the games they're going to be pushing out is made with that same love. All right. Are you ready for my hot take? Go for it. The best game devs are not gamers. Okay. Okay. They, I mean, they are, they like video games and they enjoy them, but their entire personality is not surrounded by video games. Right. Right. They have other hobbies and other aspects. In fact, like there are people that I, that I work with, they're like, I've never played a game from this company. Uh, I've I've literally never done it. <laughs> and I like, there was one person that, uh, like, I one of my coworkers is a comedian. Really? <laughs> yeah, she's she has never worked in game dev. This is her first time in game dev, and her background is she's a comedian. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah, and and honestly, like, the best game devs have all been people that don't have video games like just just their entire lives and their entire mindset and the reason for that is when you have more hobbies and more skills and you do more stuff than just play video games sure it gives you the um it gives you the technical mindset of like what it mean what like what a game is and what makes a good game what makes a bad game but having these experiences that you can pull from mm-hmm. makes it so much better like i pull when I was, you know, when I, when, like the game that I work on now, I'm able to pull the fact that I was, I, I worked with the Canadian military for like four years. And I also, <laughs> you know, the fact that I'm a, 
that I do writing in my spare time and I tell stories in my spare time is the reason why I'm a technical writer now as opposed to being a release and build specialist. Right. You know, right. they were like, oh, you actually have these hobbies outside the, and these skills that you've been honing that make that that I, that makes you fit this this position that we have really really well. We want to give you a shot. That's why like one of the big things I always tell people is like don't have video games consume your life. Have other hobbies. And you know what? As you describe it and like explain it, it honestly makes sense because it's one of those like I imagine if people that are working in video games are just loving nothing but video games they're just gonna be comparing themselves to other video games and that's not gonna really push the needle forward or anything like that but if they bring some sort of like outside influence into their work or whatnot it could really create something unique for each individual gaming experience exactly and especially uh one of the projects i was working on it uh it was it was a small so i I, while i work in triple a i have had the i mean i like to think that it's the indie experience with a team of like 15 people okay and yeah, again, that was a game where, like, none of us were quote-unquote gamers. All of us had other hobbies and other things that we did. And it was it was probably the most stable a team I've ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fantastic. And, and I mean, with a small team like that, you learn that you can just, like, you can be like, hey, maybe we should add this to the game. And they go, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Because, yeah. you know, it's 15, it's 15 voices as opposed to, like, a team of 2,000 set across the entire, like, six different studios, right? Right. Six different studios, at least, like, what, three different continents or something like that? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's incredible. No, like, thinking, like, thinking about it and, like, it makes sense. I mean, I, I imagine the, the only people that are really going to be criticizing that kind of mentality are people that consider themselves gamers or whatnot it's like you know at the end of the day like we Mm -hmm. said you need some sort of outside influence because otherwise it's not going to really do anything if you're just comparing yourself to another video game yep 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 Yep. and we have we have devs that are just gamers Mm -hmm. and they're to work with (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm not naming names you know i'm not naming names but uh yeah it's once you know who you are no i'm joking um (laughs) But I'm glad you did bring up the fact that, like, on top of, like, you know, video games, obviously, like, you have a good bit of other hobbies that you like to indulge in. We'll definitely talk about probably one of the biggest ones here in a little bit, but I want to talk about a little separate one that I truly admire as an art podcast, and that's the pixel art you've been able to do. What exactly got you interested in creating Uh, Pixar in the first place? I'm bad at art. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not on this podcast. You are not going to tear yourself down. No, you are not bad at art. No bad math on this podcast. I'm bad at digital art. <laughs> and what is pixel art then? Is it not a digital art? It, it is. Yes, you're right. It is. Okay, so um, <laughs> I, I, I was I was being facetious and being cheeky because uh, my start to art was actually classic art, like okay. modern painting, like acrylic paintings. And when I was going through my night training, uh, my night said, uh, you can't just have martial skills you need to have uh you need to have like cultural skills as well and so he invited me over to his house and there was a canvas and some paint and he said i want you to paint a feeling and this was also i was on medical this was the time that i was on medical leave as well so painting a feeling was pretty dark yeah Uh, yeah at least it's it's good to get inspiration from (laughs) the painting was called uh three months later okay and it was the he told me to paint a feeling and so here i am just like taking the paint and just kind of exploring around on the canvas and just putting things down. And then I started to get into it and I started to just like, I took like a paint scraper and I, 
uh, like I started mixing all the, these colors of blacks and blues and, uh, you know, putting in some whites. And then I started to physically claw at the, um, uh, at the canvas and it looked really, really good. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and it turned into something that I was like really, really proud of. And that was the moment where I realized, oh, art's fun. <laughs> um, and you know, it was, it was dollar store paints, dollar store brushes and everything like that. Cause that was what, uh, what he had on. And then I was like, I want canvas and I want to continue doing this. And so I ended up getting more canvas and painting and I made a sister painting to that. Okay. That one's called three months later where the black is like, the blacks have now become grays. Okay. The, um, it's, it's a lot brighter. And it's a lot more, um, it has a lot more life to it, too. Three months later, after therapy and group therapy and medications oh. and RTMS treatments, you know? Like, you can see the difference. Yeah, right? and I see the progress more than anything else. Yeah. And I was like, and I started to really have fun with it. And a lot of what I was doing originally was just uh, paint. I just, I stuck with that was, was painting a feeling. Okay. Because that was kind of what I knew and what I could do. Um and you know now that i've and I, I i was like i i i like canvas but i don't have the energy for it all the time right. right and so pixel art i was like i like pixels i like doing pixel stuff and so i started into pixel and and i i would like to say that also the pixel art started in tandem with becoming a vtuber mm -hmm. because i just can't i just couldn't afford you know, paying people for overlays and things like that. So I was Fair. like, I'm just going to do it myself. Um, and so I started doing pixel art in order to kind of make my own stuff. Uh, so like the back, actually, you know what? The background that you see in the interview, I made that. I, I, <laughs> that was, yeah, yeah, I was not here. surprised by that, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I felt I granted, I will say this. I followed a, uh, I followed an instructional video on right. how to do this. Right. And it, it, it was, it was the basics on like, you know, doing shape and form and uh how to play with the how to do pixels and stuff like that and you know uh like how to like the rule the quote-unquote rules of pixel art right right um and i've stuck with it more i mean this and I, I i with the new thing that i made for uh uh when i get 10 subs in a day i go to otter space i made mm. this for the background and so like you can see how much i've changed when it comes to uh, pixel art, right? Right, right. No, absolutely. Yes, the otter space. Yeah. Yes, that's a gorgeous one. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I absolutely love your pixel art. Like, it's seriously like some of the masterpieces. I think I've set, told you this before, but the one that you have of like the starry night in like the the canyon or in the mountains or something like that. That is literally my my laptop background. Like every time I open my laptop, that's the first thing I see. Oh, the, oh, that might have been my Arden Wheel piece. Um. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Because uh, I, I did a bunch of, like, World of Warcraft ones, too, because Shadowlands is really, really pretty. Right. And I was like, I I want this one, right? Yes, that one exactly. Yeah, that is Ardenweald in World of Warcraft Shadowlands. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, it's one I was like, uh, I, I didn't know. I just knew that it looked absolutely stunning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I liked it, too, because I per I love painting blues and, and, you know, shades of blue and mm -hmm. whites and blacks and stuff like that. So this was, like, really, really fun for me. Um, and I mean, this was also like, 
at the very, very edge of like me, you know, just painting feelings and mm -hmm. wanting to get more structural stuff and do more physical stuff. So like, and then the next piece I did was this one I just sent you here, which was a uh, a fallen down archway in Bastion in Shadowlands. Um, this is probably my favorite piece, to be quite honest. Oh, yeah, I can see why, especially some of the details mm -hmm. that you got in that. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and the best part, too, is that I've realized, like, oh, I've, I've been doing pixel art, and pixel art has really helped me with understanding light and shadows, and I'm, I'm happy to say that it's also trans, translated into my, my, my actual paintings as well. This is the most recent painting I did. Uh, it was a gift from my mom. Uh, where I painted her, uh, I painted her show horse, uh, oh. back like years ago. It's like, it's, it's, I'm proud of it. There's definitely some like issues with it, but I am so goddamn proud of it. It is be the best that I've done as far as like painting something. Like, that's the first time I've physically painted something that's alive. Right. Uh, like I, I did a lot of like, I got obsessed with skulls. And different types of skulls uh for about a little bit while i was painting um <laughs> right. mostly because skulls are just interesting to paint uh as far as shadows go that's fair um but like this is like the first thing that like i was like this is this is definitely living and things like that but the other thing i also really like to paint too is galaxies and this was another piece that i did recently that i had a lot of fun with too let's see this beautiful Oh yes, I think I remember whenever you first shared that or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my god, the the cosmic deer more than anything else, <laughs> or cosmic elk. Yeah, yeah, cosmic. <laughs> yeah, the cosmic deer. Um, yeah, I painted the cosmic deer, and that was um, I, I I really really liked the concept of like painting. I so I also just as a person, I really enjoy, um, you know that like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's it's this like it's a super massive towering object off in the distance right uh that that it, it fills me with a sense of awe in the original sense mm -hmm. um because like i remember see, like the first time i felt that was playing fable 2 and there was a tower that was being built throughout the entire game and just right. seeing it off in the distance just towering into the sky i was like oh that's a cool thing i like uh, that i want to do more of that so i just like painting big things I was going to say, you said that, and honestly, the first game to come to mind for me is Journey, if you remember that game. Just the, yeah. the giant mountain in the background with the light beaming off the top of it, like, oh. Mm -hmm. Or Shadow of the Colossus. Yes, yes, that's another good one. That's a great example of that more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But nevertheless, like, it's incredible, kind of like you said, just having that, like, love for art and pixel art especially like really coming to your life and really becoming like a great hobby because again like i said like you if people can't see it from your background in the video version or whatnot like and the mm -hmm. examples i posted throughout the video or whatnot like you really got like a gift for it for someone that's really like picked it up only like as of late uh i mean i would probably say it's been three years that's <laughs> is that, is that that's is that, that's is that, that not much that's still fairly recent honestly like consider the fact that like okay, okay. like like especially the past three years for god's sakes for the past three years alone at least two of them have been a pandemic i mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah 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 that's true and i mean i just i don't know i just i really enjoy like it's it's kind of like I don't know. I, I'm I'm starting to find my form, you know. Good. Um, things that I like, and I have my I have painters that I'm inspired by, and you know, I just I like those uh, a lot of what they do, and I I have I I really like modern art. I like uh uh yeah, modern art's like one of the big things I like. Not and contemporary art. That's the other one I like too. There we go. 
There we go. That's fair. And that's very fair. And I, I can certainly see some of those influences in some of the art. Um, and I love how it also kind of goes hand in hand with another one of your hobbies that we kind of teased about, but it, we might as well go all in because I've been talking to yep. an otter this entire time. VTubing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What exactly got you interested in that in the first place? And what made you want to dive head first into that medium? Uh, I had time. <laughs> okay. That's a good start. <laughs> like, like, okay, so I started working from home uh, because, you know, I couldn't go into the office because uh, game dev studios are notorious for just everyone getting sick all the time anyways. So right. I'm pretty sure if, if any of us have got COVID, we, we, we would all be dead. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, trying to, you know, add, you know, gallows humor, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, I had the time. And I at the time, I was – I had a uh, – my best friend uh, introduced me to Hololive. Okay. And um, the uh, God, I can't remember her name, but the elite gamer. <laughs> there's, there's a couple Hollow Live girls that uh, I was introduced to. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then Hollow Live En happened, mm-hmm. and I went, oh, oh, uh, it's 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 happening here. And part of that was because Coco, uh, you know, made that happen, right? Right. Um, and it was it was I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I started, and then I found uh, Nyaners. And then I found V Shoujo, and then I found Zentrea, and then I found out that someone I've been following for a long time also had a VTuber model, which was Casey Explosion. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, sh- uh, she's got the uh, the sloth, and also the cow that she swaps between, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. And then I found Chester, <laughs> uh, who also who you got in the background there, yeah. yeah. And you also had on the show. Yes, I did. Which also was like, and straight up was the reason why I was like, can I be on your show? (laughs) (laughs) I'll say, to be fair. I need to be the second otter on your show. (laughs) I'll say, to be fair, I was very surprised that I was got uh i got them on the podcast but it was also cool because like i told them about it and it's like yeah i've never been asked to be on a podcast before i'm like really yeah that's i, that's, I, I mean i did watch that interview and it's, it's just, it was really cool just listening to to chris kind of just talk about their experiences and stuff I'm like oh that's that's it's, it's really interesting yes and like i was like i literally was like if Ch- if chester can do it if chris can do it i can do it too mm-hmm. um and so i ended up re- and i was like i I reached out to uh, the artist that did Casey's models, Crobo, mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, I really, really like your style. I really like what you did for Casey. Can I commission you? And Crobo was like, no, I'll do it for free. <laughs> Ooh, wow. I was like, are you sh- I, I begged them. To pay them. No, no. And they're like, I'm the same way whenever I, I ask people, like, there's there's been a couple people that have done thumbnails for this podcast, like, that I've had on as guests or whatnot, and, like, after the mm-hmm. interview, I usually like to ask, you know, hey, is it okay if I commission you to do the thumbnail? I'm like, I'll just do it for free. I'm like, are you 100% sure? I really do not mind, okay? Like, that, mm-hmm. that is a mentality that I've always had. People need to be compensated for the incredible art that they do and the time that they are be using to make that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, are you sure? Are you really sure? Are you triple sure? They're like, yeah, no, I'm uh, just, you know, you'll see it soon. And then I, so I started this whole process April of last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, so that was when I started the Twitter account. And then I got the, uh, I got the model in May. They're like, hey, it's all done. It works. Uh, here's what it looks like. Do you have any suggestions? Like, and so, originally I was going to be wearing like this, like, necklace with like a with a little like uh like uh that like ring that you put out see on like sailboats that like white and red like sail the the, the <laughs> yeah the, the donut the, the life preserver yeah thank you life preserver and i was like 
can, can I have a bandana instead? And they're like, yeah, sure. And so that's how I got the bandana. Nice. I meant, to, I, I, I meant to look for a blue bandana for, beforehand. I apologize. <laughs> Holy shit, is that tagged the audience? <laughs> but yeah, and then, and then June 3rd was uh, my very, very first stream. And that was when I quote-unquote debuted. I just kind of started streaming that. I got everything that I needed in place. Yep. Um, and uh, it has been a year. I have grown pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as, I mean, uh, to be fair, like, I say quickly because quicker than I ever thought. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and honestly, like I, I, I put a lot of work into this, and I, I, I realized how much work this is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a it's, lot of work that goes into to streaming in general. <laughs> Mm hmm. Grant, granted, I never I never th assumed this was easy. Right. I was like, it's diff. I just never knew how difficult it was and how much time you put into this behind this behind the scenes, because like, I had this conversation with Duper the other day. I was like, I, I feel like I should be doing more. And, he's, and he was like, you you're, you're putting time behind the scenes a lot, too. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like all the shit posts that I make and all the <laughs> tweets that I make all the editing that I do, like my, the time that I was trying to do TikTok stuff and the stuff, like the stuff you saw me doing last night. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, it's, it's like, oh my God, like, oh my God, I, I, I didn't realize how much time I was putting in this stuff. I was going to say and like just, more time I need to put into stuff. Just like I, again, you and I are friends and we've known each other for a good bit. I see like the time and effort you put in some of this stuff, like your shit posts are some of the top tier, like shit posts I've seen out there. And I love every single yeah. new one that you post. Um, like the, the thing you were doing last night and like even beforehand, when it came to that Fortnite stream that you did, the little, st that was now your <laughs> stinger video that you put with it. There's a lot of time and effort that goes. Yeah. Into <laughs> yeah Fortnite, bro. Yeah, I'm a Fortnite streamer. This podcast, this podcast is now sponsored by Dust Toss. Um, <laughs> brought to you by Dust Toss. If you can't get the dust, do the toss, dust toss. <laughs> no, but like even then, like the the time and effort that goes into like some of that stuff or whatnot, just in general, like I see you definitely put in the hours more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, part of me is afraid that I'm forgetting that I also work. At <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the the previous like I don't know forty five minutes or hour or so conversation that we had beforehand I think that says otherwise I think you remember <laughs> yeah yeah I I mean like the other part too is that uh like when I was I was working as a release and build specialist I was not that busy yeah. it was either yeah. it was either like the way that game dev has been for me is that uh you're either not busy and bored out of your mind which I'm actually glad now that I'm just at home yep um or you there are deadlines to be met 30 minutes ago and there are like eight different things that have come in last minute that need to be done at this very second sounds about that's right. game that's game dev and that was and i mean like that was that was working on as a release and build specialist and now that i'm a technical writer it's a little more consistent um you know i'm constantly busy and it's kind of nice that i'm at constantly busy but i also find that it's like okay i've got some time uh, between things and I mean I you know I, I I don't I don't work when I'm on the clock right? right so like I'm like okay I'm on my lunch break all right I got I have I have I have VTubing shit I need to do <laughs> you know I, I have content I need to create for my own personal channel right. and I mean that was the thing too is that this was just like a hobby that I started as a secondary thing um I, I never really expected to make money off of this but granted the money is helping yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's not uh it's not the priority, but it's nice, especially when I got bills to pay. <laughs> you know? No, absolutely. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, like game dev pays, but it doesn't pay well. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rolling in dough here. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I mean, I imagine like whatever little bit helps, especially with the time and effort you put in the V tubing or whatnot. Like it's, I imagine it has to do nothing but help at this point, right? Yep. And and most of what I do get has either gone back into my streams mm -hmm. and paid for things like my starting soon screen, my BRB screen, my stream ending screen, um, or just to help pay rent. Like, yeah. <laughs> like those are the two big things. I either put it back into VTubing or it pays my rent. That That's smart. That, I mean, it should be going into that kind of stuff. But yeah. th thinking about like just kind of the journey you kind of been on when it comes to VTubing or whatnot, do you have a particular like moment or a particular stream that you personally remember like very fondly of like, if nothing else, like you were to showcase it to a person like this is, if you want to know what I am as a VTuber, this is the moment or this is the stream you need to go to. Oh God, I, I, I <laughs> there's been like a few of those because someone, I don't remember who it was, but they described me as cursed wholesome. <laughs> and I think that, oh, like there's, there's like, there's so many good moments and one of them isn't even on my own stream. It was really? on, it was on T. Rufel's stream. Okay. Uh, the, the soy sauce incident. Oh uh, no, I didn't know if we were going to talk about it or not. <laughs> Oh no, we're not going to talk about it because Good. if you know what the soy is, if you know, you know. If you I'm know, not, you I'm know. We're not, we're yeah. that, that, that's if all you know. need to know. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that recently was also my maidenless stream. Yes. Uh, of Elden Ring, which was which was a lot of fun. Granted, like you, you literally can't beat the game maidenless. Mm -hmm. I tried. I had to break the game uh, to get into <laughs> Lindell City. With with a wrong warp, which by the way is apparently really fucking easy to pull off. <laughs> but like. That was probably like a good moment, and that was a good time that I had with that. Mm -hmm. uh, the Jump King streams, the Getting Over yeah. It stream, my birthday stream. Uh, those were, I mean, the birthday stream was just everyone coming to, uh, just coming in clutch because that was I could not have pulled that off right uh, without without people like Rocco and Sam and Beck being there and Uji, like all these people that were there to just make it happen. That those are the reasons why uh, my streams. Those are probably the best reasons why those streams are good is because everything I've done has involved other people. Even with the Eld the Maidenless stream, I brought Wukiki and Goliath in. And we had fun just, like, summoning in and making anime jokes about how much Morgoth was a fucking weeb. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm glad you brought the, the birthday stream, like, super quickly because I, I still am fucking warped by, what was it, the Six Inches of Bliss or whatnot, the stories that you told on that stream. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, so, oh, there's a story There's a story behind uh, Six Inches of Bliss and A Moment with a Burger. A Moment Those with a Burger. Two, oh. Which, oh, and there was a third story I wrote re recently called Johnny Eats a Pickle. I, I, I'll probably have Johnny Jelly Jaw on, on a later yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was for Johnny's birthday. Uh, uh, Mirror Jesus. approached me and was like, hey, how much is it going to cost for you to write a story? And I was like, I'm already on it. <laughs> I'm scared to know the stories behind the stories. Jesus Christ, yeah. Lord help us. <laughs> uh, which which also kind of leads into, I'm also a writer. Right. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be a writer. If, I wouldn't be a technical writer if I wasn't a writer. You know, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, the 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 a moment with a burger and the six inches of bliss started uh, because it was Nano Remo and there was a I was doing the short story challenge and I was like, okay, I need a I need a object, a place, and a genre. Mm -hmm. And there was a there was a Discord server I was in at the time, and I was like, hey, I need these three things. And someone said, uh, Big Mac, McDonald's, romance. 
<laughs> That's all we need that to say. How, <laughs> and that was how a moment when the burger started. Um, and, and I was like, you know what? I don't like, he's not going to fuck the burger. Like that's not going to happen. We're not like, getting, no, we're, we're, we're not getting a McChicken incident. Okay. <laughs> no, we're not having a McChicken incident. We're not, we're not going to make a Mc, we're not making a McNutt sandwich. No, that's, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is why people say I'm cursed wholesome is I just, we, we really do can just say shit. Can't we? Yeah. We can. Um, and that was how that story started. And, I was like, this is fun. And then I ended up writing six inches of bliss for a zine that never happened. A zine? Uh, zine? A zine? I, I say zine because I think of it like magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, so it was for a zine that just never uh, happened because it was we were writing quote unquote food porn. It was not food porn. It was just a, it was just like a uh, like a love letter to food, right. but it was supposed to be funny. Which I, I, like <laughs> you laughing at a moment with a burger and six inches of bliss is exactly the 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 experience I wanted. Oh, there you go. You certainly accomplished that, and then some. And I was gonna say, speaking yeah. of food, I know one of the the more recent streams that was very memorable for me is you doing food crimes. I cannot believe just kind of the yeah. the stuff that you talked about with that one, which leads me to a very important moment that I'm going to regret. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember, but you said if you were to come on to this podcast, there is a certain food crime that I have to defend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, oh, there it is. One second. Just there so it is. Salsa and Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> that was the second worst one. No, that's the th Okay. For those that are curious what we're talking about. All right. There was a food show crime. Your, okay, show, okay. Fucking show your work. Okay. Here's the thing. When it comes to some of the food crimes on there, I am not going to say that it is the worst. I am not also saying that this is not a food crime, what I'm about to do. This is definitely a food crime. Mm -hmm. But, like, mm -hmm. you were putting that basically on the same level as banana pizza with bubblegum sauce. And I was there to say, look, I understand that that one is horrible, but it is not on the same level or even close to that level. I understand the concept that this could bring with a sweet and spicy sort of mix to it. And, like... Replacing a chip with a cookie. I get some of it. I'm still saying it's like a 3.5 or a 4 on a scale of 1 to 5 when it comes to food <laughs> crimes. But I'm not saying it is the worst food crime that is out there. That is all I'm I trying to say. That, I hope that you realize this is a mistake the moment that it hits your tongue. Dude, I the, hope the, that you're going you're gonna to be like, I, I can't back out and I have to. I now have to wear my big boy pants and not piss myself publicly. You realize that you realize that Oreos and salsa, like, the instant I agreed to it, I was regretting it, okay? Like, <laughs> good. You should. You can back out. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to. No. I mean, I'm going to judge you. I have. I have, call you a coward. I bought the Oreos and I bought the salsa. I'm committed well, to this. Enjoy food. them separately, you <laughs> fucking clod. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to regret this, but you know what? I committed what? to something. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm literally watching. I have to call the FBI. All right, there oh, it is, no. folks. Let's like I'll make sure to get oh. close to the camera. No, 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 no. Get more on there. You gotta fuck. You, you gotta dunk no. that shit like it's a nacho. You gotta go right to the fingers, my dude. I was gonna say, time out. Do you? How do you enjoy your nachos? Jesus Christ. Oh, I get. I, I, I this, eat a nacho and then lick whatever's a, left on my fingers. This is a good chunk right here. Okay, I, I'm saying this is a good chunk, and I will make sure okay, that. I, all right, all right. I'm, I'm going to not bite the whole entire thing. Like I will have it to where it's like a half bite as it is. So I'm making sure that the like ratio is uh, good. No, no, as no, 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 no. You gotta put the whole 
whole thing in your mouth. I gotta put the whole thing. Then fine, I'll get a little bit more to make sure that the whole thing goes. Yeah, in my see, mouth. that's why I'm saying you dip, you go right, you gotta get there the fingers wet. Has, that, that, like that's good. Come on, that's yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That's that's how you eat a nacho, but it's with an Oreo. May God have mercy on my soul. Because I won't. Because <laughs> you won't. Oh. oh. Mm. Okay. If you if you say it's good, I'm gonna slash your tires. It's not good. That's the okay. first thing I'll say. But there's a no butt there. I can hear it. I'll say that being said, like what was happening is like the sausage just really hit hit, and then like the cookie more or less took over and took most of that profile or whatnot. And now there's like just a slightly weird combination to where honestly, and this is, you might slash my tires for me saying this, I would actually bring that score down just a little bit when it comes to food crimes. This is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's still up there, but it's... I'm not it, slashing it, your tires. I'm not going to slash your tires. I'm just going to put tax fraud in your name now. Put tax fraud. You know what? I can accept that. Honestly, <laughs> I thought I was going to gag. And honestly, like, if you were to tell me, hey, take another one, I will probably take that challenge. Because honestly, it is not as bad. I can't believe you. I can't believe you. You disgust me. <laughs> you know, hey, say what you want. I'm a man of, I am a man of my word. That is the one thing you, you know, gotta respect. You know, no, no, hang on. I just realized I can't, I have to commend you because that was the same reason for the soy sauce. <laughs> you followed through. You followed, you followed through, you proved a point, and now other people don't have to do it. I was, uh, like I said, honestly, like, it also probably didn't help that I have mild salsa. Like, it probably should have gotten something a little spicier or whatnot. But still, like, even then, like, the texture alone is not great. Um, is it, okay, if it, I, I don't know, can we say brands on here, actually? This is Toss Toss, how about that? Okay, yeah, okay, I was about to say, if it's like Toss Toss, that's probably it. Like, that's what I was expecting you to dunk a, dunk a cookie into. Right, right, and like, like I said, like, if I was told to eat that, if someone dared me to eat that again, okay, I'll take the challenge. I'm not going to go out of my way and eat that stuff, but at the same time, the experience as a whole... Was not as bad as not, I was not as bad as you thought. Yeah, not as bad yeah, as I was. yeah. That makes sense. However, if you tell me to eat a banana pizza with bubblegum sauce, I will murder you around the spot uh, in game. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, would, <laughs> I would too. In a video game. In a video game, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm, you can't. I'm an otter in a video game. <laughs> exactly. Which actually leads me back to a question I meant to ask sooner. And do you mind if I break the immersion for like two seconds when asking go this right next ahead. question? Go right ahead. Why I, you... I don't follow the immersion anyways. <laughs> I was going to say, why did you decide to go with the otter to represent you? It's literally just I like otters. Okay, That's fair. literally it. So like, Because a lot of people ask me, like, are you a furry? I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, like there is, there would probably be a parallel universe where I could, I would be a furry, you know? But I, I mean, I don't, I don't, participate in furry stuff I'm, i don't have a fursuit like i don't do furry art things like that you know like i'm not i'm not i'm not in that space right right but i i actually just really really like otters otters are my favorite animal um which I, <laughs> which i guess is what i which is like that's probably enough to be like oh he's a furry i'm like no i'm not i'm, I'm not really not really no and I mean, like, there, I also kind of realized as well recently, like, why I chose uh, to look, like, why I wanted my design to look like this and not, like, 
a humanoid furry that you would see in an Origina commercial. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, and, and it was, it was because I kind of had this realization about an incident that happened back in 2016. I was like, Oh, Oh, I, uh, which I don't know if I really want to get into here. Cause I don't, That's I, fair. You know, it's, it's, tra- it's, it's content warning, trigger warning, don't, you know, just fair enough. Like I didn't, I wouldn't, didn't warn you about it beforehand. So I'm not going to talk about it. Right. But right. I was like, Oh, Oh, this is probably why, I, I, I look like this, you know, mm-hmm. and why I chose to want to be like this because it was just like, uh, I, I, it, it's, I, I just, I wanted to be an otter and it's, you know, it, it, it turns away the eyes of people that go, Oh, you're uh like that one, the, the, the dude that came into my stream the other, like a while, like when I first started and called me a bottom, like, <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, there's, there's, but there's jokes that have come out of this because I like those, like the otter space joke, right. You know, like that's, that's good. I like that. That's funny. I've done that with friends, you know. And but it's like I just want to be an otter. I, right. I and, and right. I, that's that's literally. Yeah, I just I just really like otters, and I've I've been I've I feel really fucking bad about this because I've been wanting to do a charity stream for the International Otter Survival Fund, and actually Otter Day is coming up here. It's this month. Oh, there you go. In fact, I think. Oh, fuck! I think it actually went by already. Maybe. Either way, like, hey, helping out a charity, it shouldn't matter if it lands on a certain day or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree. Um, actually, hang on. I have to check. Twenty sixth of May is International Otter Day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that was when I wanted to actually do the stream, but I've gotten so busy, and I just I don't I don't have uh I don't have the time for it, unfortunately. Fair. Because I wanted to do it back in February, but then uh you know something again things happened. Yeah. And I just life happened. And yeah, life happened five times for me this year. <laughs> In less than a year, fine. Um, <laughs> I, I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's that's like it's I like I said, like I'm constantly busy and having you know a full time game dev job. It's 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 a lot, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, but that's that's literally it. I just I just wanted to be an otter, and I just I like being a wiggly little dude. Yeah. That's, that's literally it. <laughs> but with that being said, I'm not. I'm I'm open to the idea of a redesign, which um, I uh, teal. Uh, which is uh, tight to feet on uh, on on Twitter mm-hmm. was like, hey, do you want a reference sheet for like tag 2.0? And I was like, yeah, sure. How much does it cost? And she's like, it's free. And I went, <laughs> oh, you, you can't do this to me again, please. I beg you, let me pay you, <laughs> please. I beg of you. <laughs> but no, no. She was like, no, I'll, I'll do it for free. So it's gonna be an opportunity for me to do a redesign and probably get more lean more towards humanoid. Right. Um. I have another friend that's like, hey, uh, I can get you a severe discount on making like a humanoid tag, like a humanoid otter hot tag. And I was like, all right, you know what? 2022, you're the fodder. Let's go. <laughs> you're the fodder, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I can't take credit for that. There is another otter VTuber that also goes by that name. So, <laughs> Okay. Okay. I was going to say, because if, if not, I was debating on making that the title of this podcast. He's going to be there or Soy Boys. That was the, the thing. <laughs> Soy Boys? <laughs> Soy Boys works. I like that's, Soy Boys. that's what I was thinking. And for people, if Journey they know, to the Otter Space. Journey to the Otter Space. There we go. I was, well, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but nevertheless, like it's incredible. Like I said, the the journey you've been able to go on, and like especially through all this like stuff. You know, when it comes mm-hmm. to your origin story, like I said, when it comes to video games, to really like being all in when it comes to VTubing stuff and like the community you've built up around like you as a VTuber whatnot, does it amaze you kind of the love and support you've kind of gotten on this journey every day? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, there, like I, I've, I've said a couple times that there are definitely a few people that I've met 
uh, doing this that I could walk away from VTubing tomorrow and feel like I gained something out of it. Um, you know, like there's, there's been a few people that I've met. Uh, I mean, Rocco Farin, probably the biggest one. Oh, major. Uh, yeah. Him and I are fucking two peas in a pot. <laughs> um, and, and Jet as well has been yes. super fantastic, you know, and every, everyone that's kind of been in, in Rocco's sphere, um, Uji as well, yes. uh, has also been fan. I, I, I I'm going to, you know what the problem, you know, I, I gotta be careful cause I'm going to name names and I'm going to forget someone and I'm gonna feel so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, I'll, say, I'll say, I'll put this blanket statement for those that are not named. Don't think you're not being considered. There's just, there's just some... thank you. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like, and, and with that being said, like there, there has been people that have inspired me that I've also got to meet, mm-hmm. uh, you like uh, Johnny Jellyjaw and Duper. Yes, those are some of the big ones. Poppy as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had a chance to chat chat with them and just and just vibe. Like, they, yeah, they inspire me, but at the same time, they're also people, right? Like, right. I, right. I think that the other thing too, what I've really enjoyed about being a VTuber is it's really helped me deal with like this, um, like not being starstruck when you meet someone. Right. Uh, with that being said, there are probably people that I, if I were to meet, I would still be like, oh my God, it's, oh my, oh, oh my God, it's, it's fucking Zentrea. What the fuck? I'm talking to Zentrea. Like that, I will probably still lose my shit, but I, it, it's definitely less, um, uh, after, you know, being a VTuber and being a public figure too. Uh, I'm sorry. No, not a public figure. Um, a niche micro celebrity. <laughs> so as a VTuber. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me sipping a bottle uh, just from my bottle of soy sauce, you know, as a VTuber, <laughs> not the soy sauce, anything but the soy sauce. You know what? I got to reference it as much as possible. Speak, speaking of which, did you know that I, uh, I, I made a 3d model, uh, of a soy sauce bottle you can throw at me? Uh, I know I thrown it to you several <laughs> times. <laughs> I'm very proud of that work. Actually, you should be. You should be. I was gonna say. Plus, little side. Um, whenever I get the thumbnail done, because I was thinking of either asking you or Miss Dance a lot. Obviously, um, ask Miss Dance a lot. Ask Miss Dance a lot. Got it. But one yeah. of the things I was gonna ask is like for the microphones, have yours be replaced with a soy sauce bottle? As I'd like you're talking. Yeah, to yeah, t- yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'll, yeah. I mean, Miss Dance a lot has been the backbone of my streams as well. <laughs> Um, you know, she has, uh, like, she's been, uh, the one that did everything for the, uh, the starting Stoon screen, the right. BR, BR back screen, the stream ending screen, and they are slated to also do a bunch of other stuff for me. Nice. Uh, so, like, I want to do a bunch of other alerts because there was a point where I saw the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the starting Stoon screen and I was talking to them. I'm like, and I was like, oh, oh, I like the design that they did. Yeah. A lot. Because they put all they really, they, they, they made me look, uh, they made me look like a goofy little guy, which is, I like looking like a goofy little guy. And they gave me a little hair floof. And ever yeah. since then, I'm just like, I've added that to any attempt that I've tried to like, like when I was trying to make tag 64, uh, <laughs> I added a little hair floof. I was like, because that's cool. I go. like that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I plan to pay uh miss dance a lot for more stuff because they're just fantastic i love their work Absolutely. in fact like i oh you know what i probably should i should probably should have asked them first but i have on my youtube channel that i started i have the art that they did of me recently uh where they they made me look super adorable and with a puffy face like that's yeah so i have that as my youtube channel uh banner and profile picture there we go i mean it's it's incredible like especially seeing how enthusiastic that they are for your art just like for for what you do, and especially for like you said, everyone within this community. Like I was getting back to it, like it's incredible kind of the people that you've developed like good friendships and relationships with, and like yeah. it's incredible like 
it's incredible how far you've been able to come so far, like whether it's by your own merits or with the help of everyone. Because honestly, like it's incredible just seeing where you are right now. It's incredible the stuff you've been able to produce, and it's been able. It's been incredible to see what you've been able to do, long and short of it. Hey, thank you, thank you. Actually, I, like I think every everything that I've done has had someone's hand in it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think of like the stinger that I made. Spiral <laughs> was like here. Here's a little quick like three second thing that i made that you can add in just add a little more oomph and you know last night working on uh the uh the shortening of one of my streams spirals like here add this sound and it will just make it hit and they they, the thing that you know they helped me with is so much fucking better because they added that in and they gave me that idea right (laughs) right like it it's the like i know that like vtubing it's around like a a single person but i don't do this alone even still right right which it's 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 great i i like knowing that like i have people that here here to support me mm-hmm. you know and there's and there's still the anxiety of like oh my god no one's gonna show up and then and then people do and i'm like oh, okay i was literally not i didn't have to be afraid at all when <laughs> but it's literally every stream <laughs> right right i mean mm-hmm. going like it's incredible like i said a million times over again and again i will probably constantly say it's incredible the journey you've been on it's incredible what you've been able to do and i imagine it's something that hopefully won't slow down anytime soon in fact, I'm hoping yeah. that it might speed up into what I'm going to give you right now, the dream scenario. Let's say I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags. I come up to you and I'm like, look, tag, you adorable little fellow right there. I th- <laughs> little know, dude, little guy. Little dude, little guy. We know that you have the ability to create some absolutely incredible stuff if given the opportunity. We want to help support that for you. We have access to anyone and everyone in any sort of art medium field or whatnot, and more money than there should be possible. We could probably pay for like so many like new studios and more opportunities for people, but we'll focus on that later. Right now, we're focusing on you. If given this opportunity, what would be the dream? Tag the Otter Project. Oh no, I never thought about this. <laughs> I mean, like V two, V two for me is like day to day. Like, fuck, what am I gonna do tomorrow? Like, that's it. I gotta just think about what I'm doing I was, tomorrow. I was gonna say, I think the one thing that you talked about earlier that I think would be a good start more than anything else is your own independent game studio. Yeah, but that I don't know if it's really related to V tubing, right? But yeah, <laughs> I mean, that would be it, right? Like, I would, I'm because like if this if this was like V tubing specifically mm-hmm. it would be uh like i would i would love to be able to create content uh easier <laughs> Fair. Like, be like that like I, like the video you saw me working on i was literally working on that all day right all day and it was going through a six-hour stream cutting it down to 20 minutes and then adding in all the edits and then cut it down to 10 minutes like if i just if i had like if i was like you know what, i'll pay you to do this that would be the dream um and like I think that it would also be just like uh, I don't I don't know because like this is this uh, because the, the reason I'm thinking is like mon- like if I if I was given monetary uh backing to do this it would imply like I, it, to me it feels like it implies that monetary gain needs to be made out of it to to you know make back that investment right and I just I don't I don't I don't know cuz like Okay. Okay. I, fine. I, I, I'll say take the monetary yeah. aspect out of it. Then just if yeah. give, if given the ability to do whatever you want, what would be basically the dream project for you? Like, what would be the ultimate dream? Like, end goal, I guess would be. Oh God. Um. Whether it be VTubing I, I, or with video games, whatever you consider for this one, this is your dream. Live it. Yeah. I, I, okay. If it was if it was video, like I think because this VTubing thing is like I, 
the V because V to me for me is is fun. Right. I, I grow like the fact that I'm growing is just like a bonus to me. It's not something I dream about doing. I don't dream about being a VTuber. Um, <laughs> it's it's a know, positive, but it's not like the definitive motivation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But like I feel like what I would want is 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 more in towards the video game style of things. Like I would want to uh oh wait, no. I, I could marry the two. I would Ooh. love to do like a D and D podcast. Oh, you know? okay. You, you know, I'm a big fan of like the Adventure Zone, the McElroy. I'm a big fan of the McElroy brothers and Adventure mm-hmm. Zone and all of that. Like, I would love to be able to tell stories. Like, if if, if someone was like, I'm gonna, if, if I'm gonna fund you, what would you do with it? Like, just just pay me to tell stories. Pay me to tell stories. There you go. That's fair. That's yeah. a, that's good. That's a good. It took me a while to get there, but I finally got there. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, uh, not going to lie, uh, if you want to just go ahead and do it and you need someone to, like, edit a podcast, hey, I got a podcast. I'm more than willing to edit some stuff together and pull some strings. And let's, let's do I've been wanting – I have been dying to do, like, a and d campaign because I was, like, a part of one that never got completed, like, years ago. Mm-hmm. And we only did, like, I want to say, like, three or four sessions or whatnot and then it just kind of, you know, met or whatnot. But, like, with today's technology, with what we're able to do, it won't – it might not be as cool, but, like, at least for, like, a first season or something like that, I'm down for some shit like that. Yeah, and I mean that was the thing is I took a big break uh, from D and D because there was a group that I was in uh, for about two years, and we ha- we were telling some great stories, mm-hmm. and then uh, unfortunately we we lost a friend back uh, last year about a, about almost a year ago now actually damn, um, and I was like I I I can't do this anymore I'm right. sorry That's I fair. gotta drop out That's fair and it sucks because I really enjoyed that story and there was and there was also a D and D story that I was telling for three years goodness um yeah and that wrapped up last year as well and i was like i need to take a break yeah and uh which is which is fine yeah. i mean like, cool breaks are pretty awesome and poggers but like i that that doesn't mean i haven't been working on stuff like i i am playing D right now with some close friends it's it's very low-key small of like four people because that's yeah. all i can handle that's fair that's and honestly fair yeah and i mean i've been, I've been working on the story like I said, I was taking a break, and then immediately I'm already writing another story. Um, but I've also gone way more in depth with this one because the first story I told was a story called "The World of Zare. Okay. Um, which you know it, it was a sto- it was a story about these green tablet pieces that they had to go find, and when they got put all together, like this this thing happened, and it would wake up the horror. They called them terrors. And they were these like impossibly large creatures that were sleeping around the world, and they were all like chained down in place, and these single individual pieces of the larger tablet had the ability to wake them all up because what I was playing with was the idea of uh, larger and larger infinities mm-hmm. because I'm also, because if you also don't know this, I'm a fucking math weenie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the concept of larger and larger infinities was really fucking cool to me because I mean, infinity already is like a insurmountable number, but there are bigger infinities because it, you, you would look at sets of infinity, mm-hmm. right? There's a I'll, there's a really good video that I'll send you afterwards that you can watch on on the concept of larger infinities. All right, um, fair enough. And I mean the other part too is I was doing uh, what's called linear algebra in in university. In addition, so like when I was going to school for chemistry, I was also t- getting a minor in advanced calculus. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so like, where where is horn, your life? <laughs> not to my own horn, but I'm kind of smart. Really, I did not. <laughs> I'm smart, but I'm really fucking stupid. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, you're certainly the smartest otter I know. So there you go. Yeah, I'm the smartest otter you know. <laughs> I'm the smartest otter anyone knows. 
No disrespect to Chris. No disrespect to Chester. No disrespect to Chester. <laughs> no, no, he's he's got that him. He's got himbo energy. I'll give him that. Hey, he have that. They got himbo energy. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, wait, I, I, sorry. I need to clarify. Is, is when uh, when referring to Chris, it's it's they them. But when referring to Chester, it's still they them. I th- I don't know. I just do it as they them just to be like say I like that's just like my de facto like You know what? Yeah, fair understandable, fair enough. I should probably refer to they them for both instead. Yeah. <laughs> as I, at the I, very least that we can either say himbo or thembo. Either way. Yeah, thembo. <laughs> yeah. I'll be the himbo, they can be the thembo. There you go. Either way. <laughs> Actually, so- <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I keep like I keep like how do you go like okay coming back coming back I'm no, sorry, I'm sorry. no no I got, no. Talk- I got a lot of things to talk about trust me whenever i say i love this kind of podcast and i've been loving the tangents you've been going on the entire fucking time okay this is oh, the podcast okay, i crave i crave you're good okay good i'm glad i'm glad Oh god! What were we talking about originally? <laughs> you, you were talking about uh, like the fact oh, telling that telling stories. Yes, well, yes, I was, yes. not only telling stories, but the last thing we were on before you decided to go off on that little tangent right there was the fact that while you were studying for chemistry, you were studying, you were getting a minor in advanced calculus. Yes, and linear algebra. Linear um, algebra. And the reason I was talking about great, uh, greater, like uh, larger sets of infinities is because when you work with a, when you work in sets of equations, and you work in um, when you work with linear algebra, you're working in sets of equations, mm-hmm. and you can actually, if you have an infinite set of equations that go in the infinite x direction and the infinite y direction, you can still get a uh, a brand like if it was infinite in both directions, you can get a equation that does not exist in that set by taking every value diagonally. Oh goodness. <laughs> So, like, that's what I mean by greater sets of infinities is that, you sure, you have an infinite set, but you can still find infinite in infinite. And that was the reason – and that was the whole reason why I was like, I want to tell a story about greater infinities, which is why, like, these tiny shards of this infinitely powerful tablet still had infinite power. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. like you could just do more. I mean, but that's the thing is, like, when it comes to, you know, concepts of infinity, it's, it's hard to wrap your mind around. Them. Did really you – okay, this, here's, here's a really – I'm going to go on another tangent again. Go for here's it. An, here's a really cool thing. Your brain is wired to instantly count to three. Really? Yes. Uh, so if there is a if there is a a group of something, um, your brain is able to instantly tell whether it is one of an object, two of an object, or three of an object. After that, it's one and two of an object, two and three of an object, three and one of an object. Like it's it's that's kind of how your brain kind of breaks it apart. That's how that's only the limit of our brain. That's why like things like the difference between a million and a billion is so hard for us to wrap our minds around. Yeah, you know what? You explained that, and it makes sense. I was also thinking like even with like some of the smaller numbers or whatnot. It's like you know it's, it stops at three, but it's like four. Well, four is two twos. That's why I make that little connection right there or whatnot. So. Yeah, but you can see that the processing power took twice as long because it's like yeah, it's two twos. Yep. 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 It's not two, it's two twos. Right, right. <laughs> or, or you know, it's it's one and three, right? Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah because, they, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, yeah, or just yeah, one, exactly. one, 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 one. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, or four ones. And, like, and there was, there was a book that I read on, like, on how cultures view the concept of the number one differently uh, based on what their culture like grew up with and what the, like what, what what was important to their culture right. and this is also the reason why math is different was is different in other places so like because like let me ask you this uh this was actually something that my math professor was talking about is when we talk about the concept of one throw throw numbers out of your mind 
like you like you, let's let, assume that you don't know what counting is right <laughs> and you're a farmer in the eighth century and you have cows and you got to make sure that you have the same cows that you had yesterday how do you do that without counting i i don't know <laughs> how 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 uh, well it's it's a bit of a trick question i'll, I'll give you that so you so what we'd actually do for the concept of counting is we would have rocks to uh... represent the cows, right? right? And so you'd have one cow, you put a rock beside that cow. And you go to the other cow, you put a rock beside that one. If you got a rock in your hand, guess what? You're missing a cow. Right, right. And and that actually is what the basics of numbers and counting is, is numbers are a representation of something else, right? right? And so, and that was how, and that was how, uh, that's why we have this abstract idea of what the number one is. And it's, it, and the reason why it's also built in culture is the reason why people have a bigger understanding of one or zero. Because, you know, in, in feudal China, where one grain of rice, you know, is nothing. Mm-hmm. But when you go into, um, when you go to other cultures where they grow large crops and having like one giant pumpkin. Right, right. You know, the concept of one changes. That is true. That's very true. Goodness. You know, yep. I, I, I never thought I would be so enthralled with math on my art podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's an art podcast. <laughs> I was, I was saying, to be fair, my April Fool's Day joke last year was I rebranded this podcast to the Postmodern Math Podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, then I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm a month late. <laughs> <laughs> I was freaking. I, I brought on a close friend of mine who like was supposed to be like an expert on pie, and yet the only thing they talked about was twenty pickle pie. Um, <laughs> But back to the original, original point when it comes to, like, the math stuff like that. That is all stuff that you would love to apply for the, to your D&D campaigns. And honestly, the D&D campaign would be a cool dream scenario for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Being able to just being able to like, – if someone said, I'm going to pay you to just tell stories, I'd be like, cool, I'm out. There Wait, you go. I'm do that. <laughs> that's a good – it's a good thing to strive for more than anything else. I think that's just what a lot of creators of all sorts of different forms of art would love just to be paid to tell their stories. I mean <laughs> – yeah, and I mean that's the thing is like that's kind of like what everyone wants, right? Like that's that's also why being a writer in game dev is so hard because everyone everyone has a story to tell, everyone wants to tell a story, right? Um, and so it's 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 very very hard to get in at the uh, on the ground floor of narrative, yeah, because you have to like narrative. They kind of just like they go with what who they trust and they know that they're going to tell a good story. Then they can, rather than trusting someone brand new, exactly. I, I, I see which uh, sorry I see exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah it's, it, it's it's sad and I kind of wish that it was it was different but I mean that's unfortunately the way of the, na- the nature of the game right for now for now hopefully it will change mm-hmm, soon mm-hmm. but speaking of things that will hopefully change for soon sadly we gotta come down from the dream scenario we gotta get back to reality you know for you yep. the, the the otter person that I am talking to and I'll mm-hmm. ask the ever <laughs> so generic question where do you hope to see yourself five to ten years from now twice as big okay <laughs> thought about this actually twice as big twice as big uh, that's kind that's kind of always uh where i've kind of aimed is like a year from now i want to be twice as big okay okay so which 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 in numbers would mean like i have 500 twitch followers a thousand twitch followers would be the would be the goal mm-hmm. uh you know being at over a thousand on twitter and i guess 20 on youtube <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like that's that's the thing is like I, I, I knowing that I can grow 
and even and, and knowing that I can hit those numbers, and I know if I push hard enough, I probably could. Like I when I was in Jan like in January to April, I did a push to 500, and I was three days late. So like that was and I I was like it was 200 subscribers in like, uh or like 200 followers in like two three months. I mean I, like, I could probably really do that. Good. Yeah, and I, I pushed, and and granted, I had a lot of help as well. Uh, you know, like I said, you don't, you never do anything alone doing this. Exactly. Um, so that was that was a huge help. Um, and that that made me feel really good. And I'm already like growing a little bit faster than that time that took me to 500. Like I'm already at 550, and like on on Twitch, and uh, you know, hopefully this other uh endeavor that I don't know how long it's gonna last. I want it to last right quite a while with the YouTube videos and stuff like that, but it's just, it's just a lot of time and effort, right? No, exactly. Um, yeah, but like that's that's the goal. It's just like twice as big, twice as big. <laughs> You'll be twice as big. You'll go from a little otter to at least a medium otter. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an Amazonian. I'll be in. Um, I'll go from a North American river otter to an Amazonian river otter. There you go. That's a good mentality to have. <laughs> uh, as we start to wind down the interview, I just have one last question I want to ask. Obviously, you've been deeply entrenched in art in one aspect for another. Like you, you grew up with like video games and art, basically influencing where you are right now. How important is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? Uh, art in uh, in oh god, how do I say this? Um, art dictates culture, and I think that culture also dictates art. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have the. Uh, this is a really hard question to answer. Um, That's why I said for like, last. <laughs> yeah, like, like, cause I like art is is yeah, art is directly influenced by culture, but culture is also directly influenced by art. I mean, like, cause there's there's something that kind of stuck out is when you look at uh, music specifically, mm -hmm. and you know, look at what the hits were in relation to what the current. Um, uh, the current government was in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's a, there's a dude that I used to listen to uh, back home. Uh, I can't. It was like the, it was the history of modern music. Okay. And I, I can't remember what I can't remember what his name was, but like he talked about how like uh, music got angrier during like Republican senates and Republican, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Republican presidents and things like that because there was a lot of bullshit going on, right? Yeah. And then things kind of mellow out during a democratic leadership, right? And it's and that was kind of the one thing that kind of uh, always kind of stuck with me is that it's 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 kind of a uh, it's not just a one way street. They both influence each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I kind of that's that's also why like making thing. I think that making things that are uh, you know, that send a this is gonna sound really vague and kind of like maybe wishy washy, but things that send a good message. Um, or things that uh, invoke good morality and ethics is super important. Not to say that we shouldn't explore uh, stories of, you know, like of, of terrible things. Right. right. I, I guess by like, when I say terrible things, it leaves me wide open for like a lot, like a lot more. But um, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example here. Uh, like we should still talk about the hard stuff to talk about, right? And like it's it can't it shouldn't always be sunshine and rainbows. We need to have the hard conversations as well, uh, and we need to have these conversations. But we also need to understand that like it's okay to also have these things that are representations of good times. Like we can have we can have Stardew Valley, and we can also have Depression Quest, yeah. right? Like we can have both of those at the exact same time. 
You know, we can have these conversations about accessibility in video games. We can also have these conversations about why the new Mario game is very, very good. We can have these conversations about why trans rights matter and why they should be at the forefront of, uh, you know, the rights of other of minorities and things like that. But we can also have these stories that are celebrating that and they're happy stories of, you know, of trans characters. We, we can have both of those things yeah. and we should have both of those things. Absolutely, I, I I think I really danced around that. It was a little vague. I, there, but you, you were vague, but I still think you got the point across. Basically, and I'll try to TLDR this in a simple line, more or less. But it's one of those like art is important because it's reflective of the culture, and both art and culture is a very diverse and unique topic to where you can tell tell multiple things through multiple mediums and all sorts of different stories, and it's still relevant no matter how it's said. Yes, and and you can't like you can't have one you can't just have one story right. with culture and media. It has to be open. Well, I mean, you know, barring the you know very very obvious things that you shouldn't like that are clearly like intolerant, like no intolerance bullshit. Exactly. You know, we have to we have to be intolerant of intolerance. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the obvious caveat. If we that that's not accepted at all. But with that being said, like it's there are multiple stories that can be told, and I think that they should be told, and it's and it's beautiful that we can. Um, you know, so long as it's not stomping on other people, you know, there I think you that's go. the most important part. That is very important. And I think your statement as a whole is very important. I appreciate you saying that. And that is wonderfully worded. If I do say so myself, thank you. I, that was, I, 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 I that was hard for me. <laughs> I, I had, I, you really got me, you got me firing on all cylinders on that one. <laughs> well, at least that lets me know I'm asking good questions. Um, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. That is all the questions I have for you, though. Um, I have showered you with a whole bunch of praise throughout, but I'm going to show you with a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do whatever the fuck I want. Um, <laughs> look, Tag, ever since I've gotten to know you, I have felt honored to even know you. Like, you're an incredible person that I- I'm glad that I have the pleasure of calling a friend. Um, your attitude and your mentality is incredible. The stuff that you bring to any sort of conversation is absolutely fascinating and especially the way you present yourself like i i love and admire that about you the fact that you're willing to basically just go all in with whatever you do and really like represent who you are because you do a great job painting that picture more than anything else getting a chance to sit down and really talk to you and really get to know your story or whatnot if whatever appreciation i already had for you is elevated infinitely knowing kind of where you come from and what you've been able to do what you're still able to do, what you're going to be doing. Um, I've already been rooting alongside you as much as, I, as much as I can. I will do it for as long as I possibly can because you are an incredible person and I am thankful that you are willing to put yourself out there and be the true, wonderful otter pop that you are. Thank you for what you do. Keep up the incredible work. Just thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. I, I try really hard to do uh, what I do. You know, I... I try hard to be a good person. I try to. I try hard to be a good ally. I try to be. Uh, I just. I. I try hard at a lot of things because it takes work to be. It takes work to be a good person, but it's always worth it. You know. I was gonna say if I say and, anything. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. No, that was. I was. That was it. That was okay. what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say you say you try hard, but honestly, I feel like you're just naturally you out there and. I cannot think of a truer otter to be talking to right now and saying that. <laughs> you you say that you literally had you literally had Chester. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
look, don't get me wrong. I love that conversation too. I'm not saying that it's like you're here and Chester's down here. I'd say it's more like it's it's neck and neck, okay? Like it, it was incredible, nevertheless, to get to know, nevertheless, two otters to have on this podcast. I can't think of a podcast that has only one otter. So beat that exactly. other podcast. Yeah, you're two ahead. <laughs> My brother, my brother, me doesn't have any otters on their show. What does that say? You're better than my brother, my brother, me. I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> say, otter. I was say, go fact yourself. Had an episode where they talked about otters, but they did not present any otters as the expert on that episode. Okay, so yeah, you think that they could have asked me like, what's it like to be an otter? I, would tell them, ah, I just kind of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> well, until other podcasts have that opportunity to really showcase what other otters are out there. <laughs> Go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home. So if they're not already supporting you, they can now. Okay. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at tag the otter. Uh, that's where I'm do most of my shit posting. There you go. <laughs> uh, it's also the best way to know when I go live on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash tag the otter. Um, I also have the YouTube channel that has like literally just started today. Um, where I'm going to be uploading uh, just edits uh, of sh- and short versions of my streams that I are at least worth it, uh, which is also just Tag the Otter. I really cornered the market on Tag the Otter, didn't I? Good. That, that's, that's good branding <laughs> more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. When, when you get when you get everything kind of lined up nicely like that, it's, it's fantastic. But, yeah, that's those are the places. Um, yeah, Twitch. Yeah, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. I think that's it. I got to – yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Do you have any final words before we sign off? Jungle up a hot bungo dumpus. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you said that with no hesitation. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I uh, <laughs> that is just because I have I have I have silly just one one brain cell. But honestly, trans rights, baby. That's it. There you go, trans <laughs> rights. And with that, all I have left to say is for the people at home, hasta luego, mi amigos. Bye bye. Thank you for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I greatly do appreciate it. Um, This was a fun episode. This was an episode that me and Tag have been wanting to do for a while. Uh, Life just kind of got a little hectic and I didn't do it a little sooner. But I'm glad I was able to do it one way or another. I am not glad that I had to do the salsa and Oreo, but that's aside from the point. That being said, I will be honest. If I am told I have to do it again... I would not mind. I am not going to be pining for it. I am not going to go out of my way to enjoy myself some salsa-covered Oreos. But if I am told for, like, a charity or for a day or something like that, I'll, I'll do it. It's, it's not that bad. But this episode isn't solely about salsa and Oreos and blah, 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 blah. This is about an incredible artist doing incredible stuff, like every single episode of the podcast. I think it's also important to point out that with this episode, this will be the first episode for Pride Month. Uh, And I wanted to make sure that I get all sorts of different representations of Pride for the upcoming month. 
and I intend to do that with just every single episode. Um, with this week's, for those who do not know, Tag identifies as asexual, and I thought that was a good start when it comes to the representation. Plus, I also was able to represent a different kind of art with video games. Because I think I only had one video game designer on the podcast before Tag, and that was Antonio Freire. And... You know, I want to include more game development because I've said this a million times before. Games should be considered an art form. Uh, but back to the original point, like, especially with the next couple weeks, five, four after this episode, I want to make sure that there is good representation. There's always been good representation with this podcast, I feel like. I, I don't go out of my way to try to find people that are in pride i just happen to find good artists and they happen to represent somewhere in the spectrum that's always been more or less the mentality of just presenting good artists no matter how they identify no matter what their sexual orientation is no matter what their affiliation is or whatnot if they are presenting incredible art they deserve some time on this podcast and that's why i was more than happy to have tag on I, if nothing else, like tag was just fun. <laughs> tag was just a fun conversation to have. I knew he was going to bring a good energy, a good vibe to it. And it was, it was incredible what you were able to do tag. And I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this. It was, was a fun conversation. Uh, but especially with the next couple of weeks and hell for just from now on with everything that's kind of going on or whatnot, good or bad, um, I guess what I'm trying to say for today's little inspirational thing is just go forth and just be you. You know, you've made it this far being yourself. You guys are doing incredible stuff. Each and every single one of you are doing absolutely incredible stuff. And I am glad every single time I see some lovely artwork come across my timeline. Especially if it's done by someone I've never seen their art before. I am honored to get to really know you guys and I'm honored to really get to see and appreciate your art. Um, I'll tell this little story to, to kind of leave it off. I recently was talking to one of my uncles and we were talking about like the, the different kind of artists out there. We were talking about the, the different forms of art or whatnot. And you know, one of the things I told him was that for a lot of these guests, it's their first time ever appearing on a podcast and he was amazed by that because like I've been trying to emphasize with this podcast, he was amazed that like, there's these people that do this incredible stuff, but like no one is really giving them the time to really showcase who they are, really get to know them as artists. And that's something that I tried to emphasize with this podcast. And I know you guys are out there really showcasing who you are, really putting your heart and soul into just about every little thing that you do, putting your personality in every little ounce of effort that you do with it. And I see that. I recognize that. And I love that. I love that for each and every single one of you. And I sincerely hope that you guys can keep it up. You guys are doing outstanding out there. And I, I love every, every little bit that I get to see. So if you know that it truly enriches you, with the art that you're producing, if it allows you to truly express yourself and be the true you, no matter how you identify, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, if it's truly enriching, don't stop. Do it. You love it. 
I, I know you love it. I can see it whenever you can really put forth something that you put a lot of love, passion, and emotion into. So do what you can to really showcase that, and people will truly love and recognize it. I know you guys can produce some outstanding stuff, so don't stop. Don't stop that love and passion. Keep up the incredible work.